Welcome to episode 100 of the Ask Chief Show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing how to get into a better front squat position, how to improve your squat strength, and stretches and exercises to help with lower back pain. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. Can't believe it. Episode 100. I know. It's... It's a a pretty good milestone. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big number. Um, It's currently, this is our earliest podcast recording um, session thus far. It's uh, 7.18 in the morning right now. Um, Lauren has just put Kendrick down to bed. Uh, We realize that the afternoon sessions are when Kendrick is the the most awake and (laughs) with the shortest nap time, so... We're going to try out the morning episodes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, usually I'm actually <laughs> up playing with him at this point, too. So I tried to put him down for a little bit of an earlier morning nap. So we'll see how it goes. But We'll, we'll see how it happens. Yeah. Um, you know, as I was saying in the intro, I think we might be actually switching, not switching, but adding a show specifically for personal trainers um, each week. So I'll probably actually switch up that intro to be health, fitness, and nutrition. Oh, yeah. Um, we realize that sometimes we'll field personal trainer questions just because we 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 think they're good and we want to include them in the show, but it becomes a little bit confusing to have a show geared towards you know your average listener, but then also mixing in some fitness professional questions as well. So we decided to separate those two and have it be a little bit more you know, specific and geared towards the actual listener at hand. So yeah, so these these podcasts, the Ask a Chief show, will be specifically questions about like things at the gym or nutrition, or they can be like more beginner focused, um, or they can still be more advanced in terms of like programming and th- those kinds of things. But we just want them to be questions that are more geared toward um, just what people are doing in an average gym. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And not necessarily like how to coach clients or how to sell or anything like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh. So we've got three great questions for episode 100. Um, we're going to start with one from P. John 17. And he said, How can I work on raising my elbows when I front squat? Um, this is a really good question. It's, it's a common question as well. Um, so having a optimal front rack position uh, requires just a lot of mobility in your wrists in your hands also, um, in your triceps, your lats, as well as your thoracic spine, your upper back. So all those areas require some level of mobility in order to get into an optimal front rack position. Um, Beyond that, the first thing we actually just assess is whether or not the person is actually death gripping the barbell. A lot of people really hold on tight because they don't want the bar to get away from them. And in the process, they really clamp down and they restrict their mobility. So we really want them to rest the barbell on the tips of their fingers. And it's they're basically just there to keep the barbell in place. And the elbows being up actually does the actual job of keeping the barbell back into an optimal position. The fingers are just kind of there to you know, just a little bit of an extra additional support. Yeah, they're almost like a security blanket in case yeah, your exactly. elbows drop or something like that. Like your fingers are there to help with the bar. And also, I, I almost just feel like it helps to balance the bar a little bit better having yeah. your fingers on there. But you can technically do a front squat with your arms out in front of you. And That's the bar true. just resting on your shoulders because it really should be sitting in this kind of like little groove in your shoulder where it's just the dip in the muscle. It's mm. not resting on bone or anything that feels painful. It should really sit in this nice little spot in your shoulder where it doesn't feel 
like much. Yeah. But it feels secure. And so you should be able to find a spot where the bar rests on your shoulders where you can take your hands away from the bar and actually feels like it's going to stay there. Yeah. And so the hands really are only there for a little bit of extra balance, a little extra security. But yeah, I definitely agree that most people are holding the bar with their hands and that actually makes it much more difficult to get the elbows forward. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. The, um, the hands-free front squat is actually a really good way to learn optimal position for the front squat because you're not, again, worried about grabbing the bar and losing it. You just have your arms out in front of you and you just squat down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as two drills that we really like to utilize in terms of targeting all both of those areas or all those areas that I was talking about before, number one is just a wrist extension stretch. And this one we like to superset while front squatting, but basically we have the lifter stand next to a plyo box that's a right, right around like hip height or so. And we have them get their hands or um, their palms down on the box and their fingers flip back towards them. So it's kind of like a little bit like contorted back towards you. And then from there, we have them lock out their elbows and then try to bring their forearms back towards their body. And they're basically getting a big stretch in their forearms and their wrists as well as their hands. So that's a good one to do. We typically program in, I think like three, to three times for 15 seconds a piece or so. And we try to just mix that in um, as a part of their daily warm up. And then the second exercise is called a bench T-spine extension. And for this one, this one's a little bit tricky to kind of talk about audibly, I guess, but I'll, I'll go through it. Um, we have the lifter um, get down with their elbows on a bench and with their knees on the floor, if you can envision that. And they're grabbing a dowel, just like a stick in their hands. And what they're doing is we want them to really tuck their pelvis so that their lower back gets into a flatter position. And we have them brace their core in order to keep that. And then from there, we have them lower their chest and their head down towards the floor. And that basically gets their T-spine to start um, gaining some mobility as they get lower towards the floor, as long as they're keeping their lower back locked into place. And then from there, once they get down to a level that they're pretty comfortable with, then we have them bring the dowel back over their head and almost touching their upper back. And in that case, we also get their lats and we also get their triceps by doing so. And we usually go for five times, six second holds or so. And that's the, this is the second drill that we really like to use. Maybe something we can do is when we post this episode on our Instagram stories, we'll, um, following the posting of the episode, we'll put a video of bench T-spine extensions just so that people can see it. Yeah, actually in the show notes, uh, what we can put is a link to our YouTube um, episode. Oh, I okay, think it was great. a complete guide to front squats. And that has uh, both mobility drills um, in the episode. Yeah, because I know this can be a little tough to <laughs> visualize when you're like driving in the car. You're like, what is he talking about? <laughs> um, I, I think you did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll put those there. Um, and then finally, if you know if you're doing this for a while and the mobility drills just aren't working and you're just getting frustrated with it, you can definitely just go with an arms cross grip. And we actually talk about that in the uh, the YouTube episode as well. There's no reason why you need to do a a standard clean grip. Um, unless, unless you're trying to do cleans. <laughs> yeah, unless you're trying to do cleans or be involved in Olympic lifting um, in some capacity. Um, for the arms cross grip, we just literally have your arms crossed over the barbell with their thumbs kind of pushing against the barbell to help keep it in place. But again, the barbell is resting on that, your actual frame of your body, and that's what's supporting the bar, not necessarily the arms. Yeah. Yeah? Cool. Cool. All right. I think that's 
pretty much all we got for that. So the next one is from Shui Blau. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to improve my squat strength. Will two squat lift days help or no? <laughs> Actually, she said or not. Nah. <laughs> um, so will two squat lift days help? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Short answer. Um, I would. I would say, it, make sure you spend some a significant amount of time progressing with squats once a week, and then once you feel like your strength isn't improving and your technique isn't improving, then I would actually add in that second uh, squat day. Oh, I wouldn't add it in too early. I, I don't think it's super necessary. I'd rather have you squat one day and then maybe split squat another day just to get in another pattern and just to develop a, a more wide and diverse movement base and then over time as you start to realize that you need to specialize a little bit more then i would add in that second squat day but definitely i mean the more generally speaking the more you do the better you get at it so yeah yeah, and it doesn't have to be two heavy squat days either. That's it true. It could yeah. be like you have a heavy squat day and then you have more of an assistant squat day where it's the same. You're still doing whatever squat variation that you're trying to improve so that you're getting that pattern in, but you're doing it at a lot lower intensity. So maybe if your one rep max is 100 to make things easy math wise, yeah. then you maybe your heavy day, you're doing 85 to 90 pounds. So 85 to 90% of your max. But then on your second day a week, you're doing like 65 pounds and doing some higher reps and just getting more repetitions in so that your body is just getting more accustomed to the squat pattern. Um, that's something that maybe we would do earlier on to just improve overall squat mechanics. And then Later, you can if you're trying to specialize more in the squat, then you can go to two days a week of higher intensities. Yeah, actually, that, that's a really good point. And going back to what you talked about in terms of one heavier squat day and one squat day that's a little bit more of an assistance, you could actually program in different variables. Right. So maybe like maybe as you're coming down in your heavier squat, you realize that you're kind of getting out of position a little bit. Maybe your heels are lifting up. In that case, in your second squat day, you can slow down the eccentric, the lowering down portion of your squat to really hone in on that form on the way down. Or you realize that as you come up, your hips start to drive up first out of the hole as opposed to everything kind of maintaining uh, you know, the same alignment. And so in that case, what we like to do is come down normally into the squat position. And then as they come up, about an inch or two up from the, um, from the bottom of their squat, we actually have them pause for two to three seconds. So a concentric pause. And then we have them come back up. So again, we're just targeting a little bit of areas that could be improved upon that will improve your squat for your higher intensity days. Yeah. And so I think that the, the normal reaction is like more is better, yeah. right? Like if you want to get better at something, do more of it. Um, but more isn't always better if you're always working at those high um, percentages. And so, and that's something that both Jason and I have experienced with making that mistake. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it doesn't, it doesn't make you stronger. Like you would think that it would, but your body really most of the time can't handle that kind of volume, um, at that level of, at that percentage of your max. And it kind of breaks down and you either feel injured or just really fatigued. And it's very hard to then go back at it again, three days later and yeah. try to repeat that. So definitely use those variables that Jason was talking about, like do different varieties of squats that are going to help with your, with your max. Um, but yeah, multiple, multiple squat days are, are great. Just not necessarily always at the same percentage. Yeah. Cool. cool. All right. And then our third question is from 
Eklaraki. <laughs> and they said, any moves for lower back pain and better body position. So this is a this is a big one, but yeah. we can we can tackle it um, from just kind of what we tend to see. Yeah. So I don't know. Did you have an idea of where you wanted to start with this one? Do you want to start with body position or moves or? Um, I was gonna start with moves because we recently put up a Instagram post about like how to train around back pain. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll just give you just a, you know a few examples of what you can do um, in the gym so that you. you you feel like you can actually do something because a lot of times with back pain, you're like, oh, I can't do anything. I can't do all my favorite lifts. I can't deadlift. I can't squat. I can't bent over row. I, I can't do any of that stuff. Right. Um, and initially, it's definitely going to feel like that. It's definitely going to be very um, – uh, it's going to feel very debilitating. But, you know, some principles that you can keep in mind are basically that anytime your torso becomes inclined, so when you lean forward, like when you deadlift, like when you bent over row and stuff like that, you end up putting what's known as shearing forces on your spine. And those shearing sport, uh, forces can often be very irritable if you have some lower back pain um, you know, present already. What you can do instead is opt for variations of your exercises that involve more of an upright torso. And when your torso is more upright, rather than having shearing forces, your spine experiences what's known as compressive forces. So it's a little bit more of an up-down rather than um, you know, uh, forward, backwards kind of a force thing. And so we like to use exercises like split squats. We like to use exercises like low box step ups. We like to use rear foot ele elevated split squats, reverse lunges, walking lunges. These are all exercises that you can utilize in order to tax your legs, but not so much that you're actually putting a lot of shearing force on your spine, in which case um, it's, it's going to aggravate your back. Yeah. So those are like, the, this question I think can be interpreted two different ways. So one is what exercises can you do around lower back? And mm -hmm. another way to interpret it is what exercises can you do to help with lower back pain? Yeah. Um, so I can take it on that Yeah, if you want to go over the... Um... So in terms of exercises that you can continue to do throughout lower back pain, what Jason was talking about is perfect. Just make sure that you're maintaining more of an upright position during during those exercises. Um, then the, I mean we wouldn't usually answer just like straight out, this is what you should do for lower back pain because there could be a lot of different reasons that you have totally. lower back pain. And so our first recommendation always would be to go get it checked out, to either see a physical therapist or chiropractor or um, even go get imaging if you, you feel like it's really bad. So mm -hmm. definitely make sure that you're not just haphazardly trying different things and continuing to have lower back pain. Um, but there are a couple things that we tend to see that help people get out of some sort of just like chronic discomfort. Like if it may not be, if you have sharp pain in your back, get seen right away. Yeah. Um, but if you just kind of have, you feel stiffness or you feel like after a day of work, your back is just always a little bit tight. There's some different things that you can start to try. Um, one thing is when your lower back is like, if a lot of times when people are having lower back issues, if they're more of a tight person, like they generally have a lot of tightness and they're, um, it's like hard for them to stretch. A lot of times their upper back is actually very stiff. Um, and so doing some exercises to try to mobilize their T-spine, their thoracic spine and their upper back can sometimes actually help to relieve some of that lower back tension. And so we put a lot of exercises up um, on our Instagram page. I don't know if we have like a full YouTube video. Um, we do fun. actually okay. uh, T-spine mobility. T-spine yeah. mobility. Um, that would be something to, to start trying is just some of those T-spine mobility drills. We can link to that um, just in your warm up. So a lot of times 
when you're coming into the gym, it might be after a day of work, you've been sitting all day, you've been stiff, you haven't moved a lot. And if you get right into your workout without mobilizing and kind of moving around a little bit, you can just, you maintain that stiffness throughout your workout. And so doing some of these drills might just help to loosen things up a little bit. Yeah. And then go along that front, uh, hip mobility as right. well will play a, a big role. So basically what you want to look at is your lower back, the joints above and below are your hips and your upper back to simplify it. And basically, if you have any immobility, um, mobility restrictions in either of those areas, the lower back takes the brunt of that and it has to end up moving and basically compensating for those stiffer areas. So we like to really work on hip mobility as well as T-spine mobility. Yeah. And then in order to try to like, quote unquote, lock in your lower back, like to make, make it so that it's not taking over, adding more core strength is going to be another way of, of helping out that yeah. situation. So once you actually have a little bit more mobility and the joints above and below, then trying to add some stability around your lower back, which is your core, which isn't just abs, but kind of like everything around your trunk, that's gonna help to stabilize your lower back and help to avoid maybe some things in the gym that might be irritating it if you're not able to use your core efficiently. Yeah, definitely. And the big thing with that is trying to make sure that you have the ability and the awareness to connect your rib cage to your pelvis. And initially that's a really tough concept to understand and get because a lot of people like to be in a more extended lower back posture. Often people call it um, anterior pelvic tilt. Um, and you know, it's that, that's not really a bad thing uh, unless it's like super excessive. Mm. Um, but the most important thing is be able to control it when you want to. And so the big thing that we try to do for people to get awareness here is have them lay on their backs with their knees up and their feet down. And we have them actually try to arch their rib cage up, arch their lower back up towards the floor as much as possible. Towards the ceiling. Towards, uh, sorry, towards <laughs> the ceiling while keeping their butt down on the floor. And then from there, we have them actually get their hands on their rib cage, like the bony part, and try to push their rib cage down and push their lower back down towards the floor. And we have them just kind of oscillate back and forth between those really two big extremes. So you get an awareness and an understanding of where your pelvis and rib cage are in space. Because oftentimes, you know, most people just aren't thinking about, where's my rib cage today? So um, having the understanding of how to connect those two points is a good starting point to your core training. And, yeah, then and you'll there, actually feel when you do that and yeah. you press your rib cage down, your lower back into the floor, you may actually feel your abs working just doing that. That's true. Yeah. Um, I noticed actually, it's been really interesting for me postpartum to be coming back from basically like nine months of ab separation yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, to be working on some of these drills almost as like a beginner again, which it kind of feels like. And doing that, like the first time I got on the floor and actually did that drill, I started shaking. Yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> this is actually really hard. So it's, it is a really important drill to just be able to get into that position and feel what it feels like to maintain it and to hold it and breathe through it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's important to note that you don't have to get your lower back all the way touching to the floor. I would say, you know, most people end up getting to that point, but if you don't, it just probably just means that you have a slightly more pronounced lower back arch and that's totally fine as long or as just you... like bigger glutes yeah that's true <laughs> sometimes it's just like your butt's bigger and it's harder to get you don't have to force your lower back yeah. into the floor as long as you get the understanding that you can get into a really big arched position and get back into a quote-unquote more neutral position uh, that's really all we're looking for and then from there all you want to do is maintain that position as you do exercises again on your back at first 
things like marching and dead bugs and other core variations. And I'll actually link up uh, our complete guide to core training as well, because then you can get a little bit more of a visual example of how we actually coach and how we actually cue these things. But um, yeah, that's kind of our, I guess, three-pronged approach in terms of T-spine mobility, hip mobility, as well as bringing more awareness and developing some more core stability. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, I, um, in that post, we, we uh, collaborated with a PT. His name was uh, Jordan Cardoza. And he threw in some exercises that basically um, challenge your back as well. So exercises like bird dogs, um, exercises <clears throat> like um, he did a hip flexor miniband drill, um, all things that are a little bit more advanced. Eventually, you want to get to a point where you're going back to doing squats and deadlifts and other exercises that you enjoy and you don't want to just take them out completely for the rest of your training career. So adding in some exercises that actually specifically target the lower back, um, you know, after it calms down and the inflammation goes down a little bit, um, that's going to be important as well. Yeah, I think something that people get in their heads is that once they've had an injury or like once they they identify with lower back pain, which I think is one mm -hmm. of the worst things that can happen is totally. like, oh, I have lower back pain. It like becomes part of your identity. We want to try to start stripping that away a little bit, saying like, this is definitely something that happened to you and that's fine. We can work on it. We're going to take away some of these exercises for now, but it's really important to have the understanding that it's going to be totally okay to reintegrate those in and to not be afraid of doing that because fear contributes to pain a lot of times. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're afraid of a movement, you're going to stiffen up, you're going to tighten up, your body's going to react to that fear and it's going to make the exercise much more difficult and you may be more likely to re-injure that area. But if you slowly, very gradually work those exercises back in in a very smart way, you're, you should be able to get back to doing that unless you have some sort of real structural injury that's just like, okay, no more, no more of this. <laughs> and then that's fine. But for the most part, you're going to be able to reintegrate those things. And we, we want to, not just for the benefit of doing it in the gym, but because you're in everyday life, you're going to lean forward, right? Or if yeah. you have knee pain in everyday life, your knees are going to go over your toes. And we need to be able to retrain those patterns and make you feel strong in those patterns so that when you do bend over to pick up something off the floor, you don't throw your back out. Yeah, totally. And that, that fear is such a, such a good point because people... When, the, when, when they get back pain or have kind of like consistent bouts of back pain, they start to really start uh, start to fear movement and they guard their movement as well. And then they'll hear something like, oh, your core is weak. And then suddenly they're trying to brace their core mm -hmm. with every single movement and they're just guarding and being so tense. And yeah, like you said, it just really, it really prevents you from moving well. And you know, what happens when you, you're basically teaching your body to, it, it, it can only ward off pain if it's stabilizing in a certain manner and what if like just during everyday life you can't really pre-brace your core before you go and do that activity then a lot of times you end up injuring yourself because of that so you want to make sure that you're not over compensating in one direction because you're trying to prevent um, something from happening right yeah, yeah yeah so all injury prevention or like coming back from an injury is very fluid and it it's not something that like once you injure your back it doesn't mean that you can never deadlift again yeah. it doesn't mean that you can never do certain exercises again it but it might mean that that's not the appropriate exercise right now but it's something that you may be able to get back to in the future if you take the appropriate steps to get there yeah definitely and if you have ever any doubts with your training process definitely um, go get it checked out by a physical therapist, uh, maybe consult a fitness coach in your area. Um, but yeah, you definitely want to make sure you have a little bit of guidance here because it is such a, 
such a multifactorial thing that could be contributing to the pain you want to make sure that you have some professional opinions. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for episode 100. Yeah. So cool. Um, so thank you so much for submitting your questions. And if you have any more, you can DM us at Achieve Fitness Boston on Instagram, or you can comment on any of our posts or stories. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us an iTunes review, we'd be super, super grateful. We're really grateful for the ones that are already up there. And until next time, peace, love, and, and muscles. muscles.